Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. For these rules the Old Testament laws that were ceremonial, these rules are only shadows of the reality yet to come. And Christ himself is the reality. You see, the Sabbath was meant to represent spiritual rest that comes from Jesus. Some people really get wound up about this which day to worship issue. There are the Sabbath keepers who insist that it has to be done just like the Jews did and do. There are Saturday only or the Sunday only groups who have what they think are good reasons for their stands. Pastor Mark will be teaching today that these people are kind of missing the point. You'll hear about God's reasoning behind his establishing the Sabbath in the first place and what he really wants people to get from it. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Exodus chapter 20 as he continues his message, A Day for God and Me. Paul hated legalism. He hated it with a passion. But man likes rules. You know what? This whole chapter 14, I call the gray chapter. Paul would talk about all these things. And he'd say they're gray areas. God hasn't said this. How about commit adultery? That's not a gray area. (laughs) Black and white. But Paul spends his whole 14th chapter talking about gray areas. You see, people don't like gray areas. Tell me something that's black, something that's white. Or Paul would say, no, not at all. Look at this verse. You'll see that there's a gray area. Here we are, verse 5. One man considers one day more sacred than another. Another man considers every day alike. We have people that come to this church, and they're wonderful people. I don't know too many of them, but there's a few. They really don't like coming on Saturday night because they don't feel like they've been to church unless they go on when? On Sunday. What did we just learn about those people? I shouldn't what? What's wrong with you old fuddy-duddies? Come on, get with it on Saturday night. It's a hopping place. No, I'm not supposed to what? Judge them. And they're not supposed to judge us. Well, you young people like that Saturday night kind of stuff. It's got to be Sunday. That's when God's there. Now, they don't say that because they wouldn't come to the church. So understand, some people, even in this church, Sunday, because they went to church all their life on Sunday, Sunday is their day. 
But you're going to see, as Paul says in a moment, who cares? Don't judge. It's not about the day. Let's read it again. One man considers one day more sacred than another. And of course, with that will come negativity, critical spirit, judging. Another man considers every day alike. Here's the principle. Each one should be fully convinced by his neighbor. Is that what it says? So it says each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. He who regards one day as special, here's the key, underline it, does so to the Lord. Whatever day out of the seven you want to pick, and I'll I'll broaden that later, whatever day you want to pick as a day to rest, to kick back, to spend time with God, enjoy it. But remember, you're doing it not just for yourself. Remember the title of this today's teaching? A day for God and a day for me. You're doing it as unto the Lord. So don't argue about the day. Just be decided in your own mind which one, if you want to be that way. Worship on whatever day you like. Don't judge others. Paul says the worship of God is good. That's why you're supposed to be doing it. In fact, Paul's going to say in a moment, well, every day is good. And understand the principle. Now, Stuart Briscoe will say this. See, some people, when they go, well, you mean every day I can worship God? Yeah. Listen to Stuart Briscoe. This is brilliant. If we say that every day is special to the Lord, we may really end up living with no days special to the Lord. Well, you're going to see my next thing. After the resurrection, another day of worship came into view. Acts 20, verse 7. On the first day of the week, what day of the week? And what day of the week is the first day? It's Sunday. So you guys see you're here on Saturday. On the first, no, actually here on Sunday. On the first day of the week, we came together to break bread. 1 Corinthians 16, 2. On the first day of every week. Oh, I like that one better. Some of you don't like that one. On the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with his income, saying up and uh, then no collections be made. So first day, first day, first day. What is that? Sunday became known as the Lord's Day. After Christ, it commemorated one thing, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, it's not right to say then today that the Sabbath was changed to the Lord's Day. No, the Sabbath always remains the Sabbath. It's Saturday. The Lord's Day is Sunday. So, Pastor Mark, is that better to worship on the Lord's Day than it is on the Sabbath? You ought to be able to answer that, shouldn't you? Whatever you like. It doesn't matter. Because as long as you're worshiping God, you're doing it to who? Him. Don't argue. Don't judge. When the Seventh-day Adventists and the other people come to your door, just say, praise the Lord, enjoy your worshiping on, on Saturday. Now, the New Testament church has always really worshipped on Sunday. Yes, Paul would worship on the Sabbath. He always went to the synagogue first. You remember when he went into town? But on the next day, he would worship. The New Testament is filled. And some of you, somebody wrote me and said, well, Constantine in 300 made it a rule, and he's the one that changed it to Sunday. That's not true. He did formalize it. 
But it was always true in the early church. And you can see the church fathers in the year 100, 150, 200, 250, right up to 300. They all talk about always meeting on the first day of the week. It simply changed. Now, go to Hebrews chapter 10, if you will. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. Now, while we're not commanded to observe Sunday as the specific day of rest and worship. The principle that God gave us in Genesis, the one and seven, is important. Write this down. We were created to worship God corporately, one out of seven. You see, there is something very important about coming together corporately. Notice Hebrews 10.25. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another all the more as you see the day approaching. So the Bible exhorts us to meet together corporately at least one day a week on the first day. If you go back to Acts chapter 2, they met in small groups every day. But the Bible says we're to come together as a group of people, as a body, as a family, to celebrate, to be taught. All of these kind of things are done in a group setting. It's kind of like we get charged up for God. We get taught. We get cleansed. We get ministered. We get filled up. And then we go out in this difficult world and shine for Jesus Christ. But see, God designed his body to meet together. Nothing can take the place of corporate worship. Nothing. Now, you can watch on the internet. We love you watching on the internet. But you need to find a local church where you can reach out and touch somebody and be encouraged and to be prayed for. That's why God designed it. So, Christ follower, how am I to do this? Well, there is to be one out of seven where it's corporate setting. But I believe the Bible frees us even more. Here's the next thing you want to write. Christ follower, worship, live for, and enjoy God 24-7. You see, God didn't create us to live in some kind of a relationship one out of seven. Too many people do that. Well, I'll come to church. I'll ask forgiveness. I'll go to confession. I'll take communion. I'll do whatever. It doesn't matter the church. And then the other six days, I'll go work. I'll take care of myself. Really, I'm not going to think anything about God. I'm just going to go do my deal. Though that was never God's intent. So there is corporate worship. But we're to put God at the center of our lives. That was the first commandment. We are to trust him 24-7 in every area of our lives. Now, notice how this works, Colossians 3.17. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus. Kind of like we talked about taking the Lord's name in vain. Giving thanks to him to God the Father. You see, my life is really all spiritual. Yes, there's plenty of physical aspects to it, mental, emotional. 
But the real me is spiritual. God doesn't want me compartmentalized. Too many people compartmentalize one out of seven. No, the one was to be corporate. The other six, we're in the world, but we're 24-7 with the worship of God. I want you to think about that. How, how, many, how many days a week did the disciples follow Jesus? Seven. Absolutely. When Paul had Timothy and all the other people, it was seven day a week. It was a lifestyle. It wasn't some like event on the weekend. So that's that challenge that life is simply our, our whole life. It involves every detail, every minute, and every decision. Now, let's talk for a moment about application. I'm not done yet. i got some more things. But what, what are you going to do about this? What am I going to do with it? Pastors, of all people, struggle with this, one out of seven. Because, see, really, I've learned from my dad, the pastor, like many physicians, we're really never off. We're always on. But I've learned in the last few years, and even better in the last year, I work at it very hard, I don't take Sunday off. Can you imagine why? (laughs) I take Tuesdays off. And my wife always tries to be with me on that day. And we'll go out and have lunch or do something, kick back. Old days I golfed, haven't golfed forever. I'll start dog golfing again. But I take that day to reflect, refocus, refresh. Why is it hard for me? Because of this. You see, Andy Stanley's good because he relates it to college. He says, Andy Stanley says, every weekend I have a term paper. By the way, I have a term paper twice a week, the weekend and Wednesdays, every single week. So what happens? Well, when I'm studying, I have to say, well, I'm, I'm going to have to really study. I, I don't have it really together, got it. I'm 25 hours into this teaching. I really don't have to get So I guess I'm going to forget Tuesday. I'm going to, I'm going to study Tuesday. And it's very tempting, but I've discovered something. If I work very hard the other six days of the week and I'm not ready yet for Wednesday night on Tuesday, I don't study on Tuesday. That's like really hard for me. But you know what? On Wednesday morning, listen, the manna is fresh. It's the same principle. It'll be the same for you if you'll practice it. God will be faithful. You need one out of seven to kick back, to relax, to worship, to spend time with your family. Here's your homework. Start talking about it in your home. Start practicing it. You need it for your health. You need it for your emotional health. You need it for your spirit. You need it in so many ways. That's why God did it. You say, this, is this really practical? It's incredibly practical. If you'll honor God, he'll take care of you on the other days. He will absolutely take care of you. Honor him. How many remember the days that the Sabbath was no football, no games, no baseball, no watch television, all that stuff? You could find that in here. We miss the principle. We miss the principle. Here's the next thing you want to write. 
Well, Pastor Mark, what do I do the rest of the days of the week then? I discovered this and I thought it was great. During every day, create Sabbath moments. A little bit of rest. When you walk in the house, look at your dog. Create one of those moments. Just rest. Ten minutes. But spiritually, specifically. You know, if you'll say to God during the day, I did it today when I had to make a phone call about some stuff and whatever. I said, God, I need your wisdom right now. That's a little Sabbath rest. Hey, God speaks right to us. See, because what am I doing with that Sabbath rest? I'm acknowledging what? I'm him. I need your help. He loves it. Well, God can't be bothered. No, no, no. He wants to be bothered. By the way, it's not a bother. So practice these little Sabbath moments, and I think it will, it will encourage you. See, I can live for God 24-7 because God lives in me 24-7. He doesn't have to go far. Now, look at Colossians 2.17. We talked about the shadow. How does this fit in with us? Look at this. For these rules the Old Testament laws that were ceremonial, these rules are only shadows of the reality yet to come. And Christ himself is the reality. You see, the Sabbath was meant to represent spiritual rest that comes from Jesus. Well, what kind of spiritual rest comes from Jesus. Well, what causes me to be restless in my spirit? Next thing you want to write, you know what it is. Sin equals restlessness. I'm never at rest. Well, how do I take care of that sin? You can't do it with a law. Remember? Just write this down. You can look it up later. Romans 10.4. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. It's the end of the law. He's the end of the law. How can I be at rest? When Jesus Christ died on the cross, he paid for my sins. Remember when God rested on the seventh day? He rested because his work was what? Complete. When Jesus came to the cross and he died, what did he say on the cross? It is finished. But what do we try to do? Even as believers today, sometimes we try to be good enough still, don't we? I want to impress somebody. I want to be good enough. Hey, forget it. His righteousness is free. It doesn't mean we go out and sin. I want to please him. In everything I do and everything I say, my goal is to please him. That's what Paul would say. So the shadow was finished in the person of Jesus. Man was never able to be good enough. He could never be good enough. He could never get rest. The second thing, after my sins are forgiven, I can rest in God. How? Well, Romans 8.28 says it like this. For all things will work together for good. That's the sovereignty of God. I do my part, God does his part. How he makes that all work out, I have no idea. But he does. You see, you will never get anywhere worrying, anxious, 
always trying to please God more. Sometimes people write me, well, Pastor Mark, you didn't read my Bible. I didn't. No, that's the old law stuff. I do it because I have to. No, do it because you love to. Practice the Sabbath moments. God is so special to us. Enjoy it. Augustine said something, and I want to kind of leave us with this. Don't try to write it down. Notice what he said. Everlasting God, in whom we live and move and have our being, you have made us for yourself. And our hearts are restless until they rest in you. If you're already a Christ follower, you shouldn't be anxious. You shouldn't be upset. You shouldn't be panicked. Pastor Mark, have you read? Did you see the unemployment rate today? Yes. If I honor God, how many days a week did he promise to be with me? 24-7. He promised never to leave me or forsake me. Hebrews 4.9, let me just read it to you, says this. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. Rest for the people of God. There is no rest for a person apart from a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Our world doesn't understand that. They try to come to church one out of seven. Please, God, glad you're here. But it's not coming to church. It's having the maker of the one out of seven come live in your life. You see, there has to be a point when you get tired of trying to be good enough. You'll never make it. Some of you have not found that rest. You're in church, but inside there's turmoil. There's no peace. And that's because you've never really turned your life over to Jesus Christ. It's not a form. It's not a ritual. It's a relationship. By the way, religion is the shadow the shadow is useless. Can you imagine coming home and your wife's standing out there in the sun and her shadow's back here? Do you see my shadow? And you go and hug the shadow. What would she say to you? Were well, you crazy? See, religion is the shadow. You have the real. It's Christ. But there's only a rest for the people of God. Well, Pastor Mark, how do I become a people of God? Admit you're a sinner. Acknowledge that Jesus Christ died for you. Ask him to come into your heart. Repent. Be sorry enough to change. Invite him in. And then begin following him. Well, how often do I follow him? 24-7. What day should I worship? Have at it. Just worship. You see, there's freedom. And there's rest. Today, Pastor Mark talked more about the principle behind the day of rest. You heard about the crazy rules that the Pharisees of Jesus' time had added to God's simple order to rest. You found out that even in these days, that some people try to get rigid rules, adding to what God commanded. You were reminded that grace is required when you're in conflict with others. 
There's so much to learn from Pastor Mark's current series, so be sure to join us again. In the meantime, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message for your own archives or for you to share with friends and family. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on Order a Message at the top of the page. There you'll be asked for the mailing information and be sure to include today's date. Each CD costs $5 to cover materials and shipping. Again, to order your CD copy, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com. This closes out Pastor Mark's teaching, A Day for God and Me. Next time, he'll begin his message, Doing Family God's Way. He'll be talking about God's original order for the family. You'll find out the benefits that God intended to come from this arrangement and how it's been corrupted. You'll learn how to be not only a better parent, but a better child no matter your age. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Ballmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living and together, let's do life right. in a hurry.